Hello troops, Tomo here from the Granite Zero podcast. Before we start this instalment of the Granite Zero podcast, I'd like to do a quick shout out to Combat Fuel. Now Combat Fuel are a veteran-owned, veteran-run company that give their proceeds to charity. So, what's fucking better? Nothing. Nothing's better. But if you also want 15% off at checkout, put in the promo code WARRIOR15 and get yourself 15% off. If, like me, you suffer from anxiety, depression, you might even have an eating disorder, or even a sleep disorder. You might suffer from aches and pains in your muscles, joints and tendons. And what better thing to use than something that's scientifically proven to help all that? Now, the thing I'm thinking of is the one and only CBD. And if you want the best in Britain, and probably the best out there, go and see Infusion CBD. Now, if like me, you might be a coffee lover. I love my coffee. And I like to go and get brilliant coffee from a veteran-owned company. And that company is Dead Mammoth Coffee. And what makes them better and different compared to everybody else? Roast to order. It makes a huge difference. It makes it better, tastes better, is better. And yeah, get amongst that. But to joining me today is the one and only Little Brown, Darren Thompson. But Rob Ingram. Now Rob Ingram is the founder of McDojo Life, which you will find about all about it in this in this fucking episode. My face stopped working for a second then, but never mind. So without further ado, joining the Brothers of Destruction, the Degeneration X, the Legion of Doom, the Big Dick Bandits, is McDojo Life. Welcome to the Granite Zero podcast. Instagram, your YouTube, and things like that. 
you watch them and you're like, how how are people watching that thinking, oh, that's real? <laughs> well, there's uh, there's a lot of psychology behind it. Like um, before we started rolling, I told you about like you know the stigma because there's a, a a stigma in the martial arts that you can be good at martial arts, terrible at business. Good at business, terrible at martial arts, but you can't be good at both things. And um, I think that comes from a lot of good martial arts instructors who don't understand business very well, who point their fingers at financially successful businesses and go, oh, that's a McDojo because they're financially successful. And the problem with that is is it's a very self-deprecating thing to do because eventually the good martial arts studios close and the bad martial arts studios, the ones who actually take the time to learn business sense and learn about marketing, learn about how to get your sales percentages up, learn about retention, learn about all these very important details, they are successful even though they're teaching horseshit um, because the good martial arts studios think that making money is bad. And inevitably, like any other business, if your business doesn't make money, it's going to close. And so what we find is we find all these terrible martial arts studios continuing to thrive because good martial arts studios think that making money makes them a dojo. When it doesn't, it actually is the opposite. Like yeah. most dojos that I found are not the financially successful ones. Most of the McDojos I run into are the ones that aren't financially successful, not because the martial art isn't bad, but because our versions of what a McDojo are are different. Mine have nothing to do really with money unless they're lying to their customer. Like if you're if you're financially not doing well, that means your equipment's old. That means that your mats are stinky. That means you're not cleaning your facility well. That means you're not cleaning your bathroom. You don't know how to be... Uh, uh, kind and courteous to people coming through your door. You haven't trained your team. So what happens is you wind up having to do all of the work on your own as an instructor and you get miserable because you're stuck at your studio all the time because you're not making money to be able to escape and live your life. And so you find like some of these fantastic instructors burn out and close again because they just did not take the time to learn how to make money. Yeah. <laughs> it is a fucking strange one, isn't it? And do you know what? I really love the name Muck Dojo as well. That's brilliant. <laughs> well, it's not mine. I can't take credit. McDojo has been around since before I ever started martial arts. I, I heard about it way when I was a kid. I started when I was 12 years old. But I heard about it years before, like I, you know, years, years and years ago um, when I first started training. So, but there was a McDojo.com that got sued by McDonald's. And I think the problem was that they tried so hard to be, like, use that McDonald's thing to float their name. So, of course, yeah. McDonald's is like, yeah, this is, like, not good for our brand. So they sued him and won. And so, like, but the term McDojo has been around forever. So I was like, I'm not just going to give up that term. I was like, well, let's combine it. So McDojo life is one word, and I don't associate anything that I do with McDonald's at all. So that helps me not get sued, <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, because they've got all the lawyers, so... Oh yeah, they'll they'll see your ass. You ain't winning against McDonald's. <laughs> no, you're not. Or Walmart. You're gonna lose both of those lawsuits all day. <laughs> and I make a living at doing this. Don't get me wrong, but I don't make enough money to win a McDonald's lawsuit. That's all I'm saying. Exactly. <laughs> oh, brilliant. I wish my brother would stick to timings. He's terrible. <laughs> like, okay. I wouldn't sweat like, it. You could talk. Yeah, I know. I know. It's actually every week, right? So we usually start between eight 
8.30 fluctuates really I know it's only quarter past but I said we're starting at 8 and he went I might be a few minutes late 5 to 10 minutes he's like yeah I was like, ok cool I'll start the chat we'll get it going and then he literally just put I'm on my way back I'll be on in a minute you'll be able to tell which one of us was in the military and the other one who isn't
I, I spent a bit of time today watching some of the, the videos and stuff. And uh, how, how did this all come about then? Well, I mean, I started martial arts when I was 12. So I've been at it for about 22 years. And then over the years, you know, I've, I've trained different things. Um, but, you know, jujitsu has been something I've been doing for the last nine years. And uh, I, I had to substitute to help teach a class one day. One of the instructors got sick. He was like, hey, can you teach the class for me? I said, not a problem. I taught the class in the afternoon. And we had a new guy there. It was like his first, like, our second class. He was very new to jiu-jitsu and martial arts in general. And after the class, me and the class were just shooting the shit, talking about, you know, different things in the martial arts. And we got on the subject of McDojos and frauds in the, uh, in the industry. And we said McDojo a lot, but we all understood what that meant, and he didn't know. So he was very quiet during the conversation. Then afterwards, after everybody had left, he was the last one out the door. And he said, I, I, I know this sounds silly, but what is a McDojo? And so I gave him what my version is, because if you ask anybody, they all have different versions of what a McDojo is to them. And after I gave him my version, he goes, well, how come nobody does anything about that? And so we, I left and I went home and that just kept kind of echoing in my head. And I started really thinking about it. I was like, well, how come nobody really does do anything about it? And so I started thinking about all the reasons why people don't call those gems out. And I was like, well, I can do that. And so the next day I started McDojo Life and I just started getting after it. I started working hard on trying to expose frauds, fakes, and phonies. Back then it was much more serious. Uh, it was only on Facebook because Instagram didn't exist yet. And I'd write these long um, thesis papers basically on Instagram or on Facebook about like, this is why this dojo is fraudulent. This is why this instructor is lying. Here's all the reasons why I dissect their websites, dissect their videos. And they'd be like these long, big, bulky clips. And then I realized nobody was watching that. <laughs> so like no one was reading that. They were like, oh, here's somebody bitching and playing all day. So then I noticed by me adding humor into it and by me trying to keep it much shorter and leave a lot more up to interpretation that more conversations were starting, more people were sharing and interacting. Um, so I stopped injecting myself so much into the opinion and left it a little bit more up to interpretation. And then I found these beautiful conversations started, like people really on both sides of the fence about certain conversations and topics. And uh, that's when the page really started taking off. Fucking brilliant. Yeah, so, um, uh, I, I just, I, in this day and age, it's, it's like a, there's lots of things where you get the, the fraudulent, um, like the, the self-help guys, etc. And but in in terms of martial arts, and you see, you see some of the videos that you post up, and it, to me, it's mind-boggling that people still believe that you can. <laughs> but essentially force push somebody across the room or that I mean those ones I, I can't help but laugh and think like you, you, you can't be serious but people are serious aren't they they think that that they truly do yeah you know what's funny is that's a question I get asked a lot they're like well how come people still believe this even now with so much information on the internet and like the UFC you know, like how come people don't uh, kind of call this out? And it's funny because I think we get brainwashed in our day-to-day -day life a lot more than we'd like to admit. Yeah. Um, and so it's not actually that hard. Like, for instance, um, I was talking before we started, I do believe, about like I do consulting work for martial arts studios. I've been doing so for the last 10 years about how to grow their businesses and stuff like that. 
and it's it's not that hard to get somebody to sign up for a program. It's all kind of intent. So if I want to sign somebody up for my martial arts program, whatever it may be, whatever the art, um, it's not that hard to do based off of uh, understanding what it is that they're going to be objecting and understanding that they're coming to you. We don't really cold call. So like in the martial arts, most people who come to us, they come to us because they were seeking us out. Yeah. So it's up yeah. to us to mess up the sale. All I really have to do is know the five objections. If I know the five objections, then I can sell anybody on absolutely anything I'm about to teach them. Um, and it has nothing to do with really what I'm teaching. It's all about understanding what they're going to say opposed to what you're going to say. It's very much a technique in selling people. Um, and most people don't even know what the five objections are. So when you say it, they're like, I don't know what you're talking about. Well, that's probably why you're not selling anybody on anything you have, you have to offer. Yes. Yeah. Let's say you sign up and I go, okay, well, there's two options. You could pay month to month. 
if you decide that you'd like to do the month-to-month option, it's going to be about $100 more than you would normally pay in our year contract. If you would like to sign up for an entire year and you feel committed to the program, here's the option. Now, we do have a great first day special. If you decide today is the day that you'd like to sign up, our special is we'll waive the $200 registration fee. I'll give you your second month free, completely free. All you have to do is sign up today and pay for your first month, and I'll give you a free uniform. Which one works better for you, the month-to-month or the year? I'm going to go to year. Take Boom, take done. Money. It's a blank check. <laughs> <laughs> but look, we, I, we're sold. It doesn't matter what I taught. If you notice, in the conversation, we never talked about what the style was. We never talked about what you learned in the class. I never needed to talk about any of that shit. So in order to sell somebody up on a program, it's not really about what it is you're selling. It's how you're presenting it and understanding how to sell somebody. Now, another thing to think about is none of that was high-pressure sales. I never pressured you to do shit. I gave you options. I already knew what the objections would be. And before you even knew it, if we weren't having this conversation and you were a casual student coming in, you wouldn't even know I was selling you on anything. I'm asking basic questions. And those basic questions you're giving the answers to, those answers are eliminating your objections later on down the road. And so to a lot of people, they're like, oh, well, that's kind of fucked up. All right, now imagine this. It's fucked up if I'm taking advantage of you. If I'm doing it for personal gain and not helping you, it's not fucked up if you're a dude who, let's say, for instance, the doctor is ordered to lose 50 pounds or you're going to fucking die. Now what I'm doing is I'm getting around your own personal bullshit to help you, to help you lose that weight. Because if you would have lost the weight, you would have already fucking done it. The truth is, is that you want the help. That's why you walked in the studio. And I'm taking charge of the conversation just like I would take charge of my classroom. You don't get you don't get to teach the class, right? I teach the class. That's what you're paying me for. So you don't get to guide the conversation about your help. You came to me. You told me what the issues were. Now I tell you what I can do to help you. You either buy it or you don't. It's that simple. But if I'm a shitty salesman, what it's going to sound like is, hey, how's it going? Sign this waiver. All right, cool. Hop on the mat. We'll get you ready in about 30 minutes. You sit there in the chair for about 25 minutes. I don't speak to you. No one else comes and talks to you. I don't introduce you to anybody. You go to the bathroom. The bathroom's got pee on the floor. You walk in the studio. It smells like feet. Then you get on the mat. You've learned the class, and you may have loved the class, but nothing else rings true to you wanting to sign up. You just enjoyed a class. So it's easy to say no to that. And I suppose that's what the, the other guys may or may not directly know that. But these, should we call them charlatans? Is that a good word? Frauds, yeah. Frauds, yeah. Charlatans. Could be more than you, charlatans. No, they are. Good God. These guys are no different to the guys that sell the pyramid schemes or the, um, the mediums that say that they're talking to your dead relatives. Etc. Etc. They're no different. They know how to. They know how to manipulate people into. To, I mean, like you just said, it's not hard to manipulate people. If you've ever done any sales ever, you know how. He, I mean, you just go go and try and buy a car. <laughs> that, 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 that that guy is on you like from from the from the moment you get there. You get, you try and buy a car, and it's like, oh yeah, you know what's wrong with your current car? Like you know. You seem you seem like a a fashionable guy. Do, do you want to come and have a look at the BMWs rather than the the VWs? You know, they, they all do it. It's um. I get stuck all the time, mate. I, I go to a, I go to a clothing shop, and they're like, "Do you want to get this store card?" 
<laughs> yes, I do. It's not until I called it from is it's like you don't want that. Well, no, I don't want that. That's a credit card, basically. Is it? Well, <laughs> I am. Um, I'm the complete opposite. Like, I'm pretty sure they do this in the states. Like, when you go and try and buy something, and they're like, "Can I take an email address?" Like, no, you can't. Um, over here, it's it's a nightmare if you buy any like um, tech goods because they want to take your home address. They want to take, and I'm, I'm always like, "What do you need that for?" Anybody that's ever with me is like, "Darren, don't be an ass. Just make sure you buy the product." I'm like, "Well, I will. They'll still give me a receipt. They don't need my all my. I, I am I am it, the worst. It's the I'm online receipt. Like, no. Yeah, I don't need it. The, the G- give me that little bit of paper. Yeah, you're not." You don't need all my contact information. Uh, it's fine. Don't worry about saving the planet with that little bit of paper. We can recycle that shit. <laughs> you well, you know, they do that a lot in the United States, and what you know, that's just information gathering. You know, like yeah. if you walk into a martial arts studio, usually when you go to sign off on the waiver, um, there's usually information gathering stuff on there, address, emails, and stuff like that. That's pretty standard to follow up with you about stuff. Um, I agree. I don't give that shit out either. <laughs> so, yeah, um, sure. you know, but selling people on ideas and thoughts and concepts is not as difficult as we want it. To, we want to believe. We want to believe that we aren't brainwashed every day, but we truly are. It's just a matter of what are we willing to be brainwashed with. Um, you know, for instance, uh, even overseas that I've been to, they always have like the the extra candy bars and gum right by the checkout at like yeah, yeah. That's that's a small, slight form of brainwashing. You you walked around this entire store, you're hungry, and now here's this quick little snack you can have right now instead of waiting to go home, a candy bar or a soda or something like that, water. Um, somebody smarter than us figured out that you would be fucking hungry walking around the store, and they were like, you know, it would be a good idea. I bet you people would buy this. And, of course, we do. We fall for that. But we fall for all kinds of other stuff. You know, oh, yeah. That's, that's why people have commercials. If commercials didn't work, they wouldn't spend so much money on advertising. But it's the same with how they lay out a supermarket, isn't it? Yes. You know, that everything that they want you to buy is at eye level. Um, and the, the stuff that's probably not as profitable will be on the top or the bottom shelf. No. So it's, 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 it's not in your eye line, so you're more likely to go and buy that product. It's, it's, it's an advertiser's dream, isn't it? Like, and even even and the it's, way it's all colorful yeah it's, it's, you it's know all... even the layout you know like what's healthy is always on the outside of grocery stores so yeah. like the outer perimeter of a grocery store is usually what's healthy for you and good for you and whatever's in the aisles is typically not and they do that on purpose as well so like let's say for instance i'm walking and i want fresh fruit well they don't have that in the middle of the store they have that on the outside of the store let's say i yeah. want like something from the deli something fresh that's on the outside of the store let's say you know, they're, whatever is usually healthy or good for you is usually on the outer perimeter. And again, that's very purposeful. That's not an accident. But again, like what we were just talking about, that's a form of brainwashing. We kind of get used to this in our day-to-day life, and then we just kind of fall for it. Same thing with politics, same thing with religion, same thing with cults, same thing with how we do our relationships, how we decide to initiate conversations with people. Like nowadays, when we initiate a conversation with a person, it's much more rare that our first communication is a phone call. 
that it's more rare. I'm not saying it doesn't happen. I'm just saying now we're a little more programmed to talking to people through Instagram or social media. And that's like the first form of communication now. It's like sending somebody a direct message. Um, it's just more common. I slid into the DMs and like two footed. What's <laughs> 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 It's just a simple A. <laughs> 30 A's later, you get like a thumbs up. <laughs> yeah, back to the, back to the, um, I'm going to call it a grocery store because I, I prefer that. But anyway, me, I'm a sucker for a meal deal. So I'll go in and I'll get, I'll be like, oh, I just need a sandwich. But then it's like, but you can have some crisps and a drink. It's like, <laughs> I, don't really need, I don't really need crisps and a drink, but it's a deal. So <laughs> Where you feel that you're 
in any way ready to be running your own center or box or whatever you want to call it. And I got hit quite hard um, about five years ago because um, I had a gym myself doing basic, uh, not, not dissimilar to what CrossFit were doing. But um, yeah, I got hit hard by like two or three CrossFit gyms opening up, guys that were leaving my place because of the social media presence of CrossFit and all the the, um, the documentaries that were coming out and the CrossFit games and people going over. Now I think they've sorted it out. I think it's it's a lot more difficult to to run an, a decent CrossFit gym. But initially, like I I felt like I I was doing what you were doing. Uh, are doing with the martial arts side of stuff with what it's like to be a gym instructor i was like this is bullshit mm. like you can you you can't you can't spend two days doing a course that i spent like literally years learning anatomy and physiology um doing going and spending time with other instructors and learning like different mobility drills and investing hundreds of pounds of um of my own money into becoming affiliated or under the sort of umbrella of already established instructors and getting their information. And and then you get some guy that's done a two day course. He's now open, I don't know, CrossFit, whatever. And it's like, now he's taking the clients that you've spent a long time, um, well, a long, a, a long time just teaching them. And all of a sudden, I mean, I'm, I'm sure it's the same with martial arts, with fads. The fitness industry is terrible for it. One minute it's people sat on a, a big bouncy ball. The next minute they're, they're suspended by their feet by something that sh- should be a gymnastics ring, doing a push-up when a push-up would be more than sufficient. But because this is the latest fad or you've got a DVD you can do in your front room, which you're never going to do. Hey, and what's your mouth about? What's that? Gunnar Peterson is amazing. <laughs> Gunnar Peterson in his polo shirt, yeah. Um, um, but yeah, I, 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 what, I'm, what I'm trying to say is that I can, I can feel, it, and it's on a, such a s- small scale in comparison to martial arts, because like you say, martial arts is so deep-rooted. But um, you get hit with these fads, and then for me, you have this, like, this cult of CrossFit that sort of, I'm sort of blanketed and started picking apart people that had um, worked very hard to um, establish their businesses, and they basically got got spanked by um, by CrossFit in the early days. Not so much now. Now they've really sorted their stuff out, and you know you have to be and for the better. That is good because there's so many good, and CrossFit's doing a lot of good stuff, and there's you see less of the the horror injuries. I don't know if you remember about three years ago, you'd see people trying to do hurdles that were as high as their shoulders, getting spinal injuries, people trying to do Olympic snatches after training for like three months and yeah. dropping a bar over their, over their neck. Um, you don't see so much of that now. And I'm, I'm guessing that all that negative media that eventually would come sort of hit them hard. But in terms of like, if you, if you look at martial arts, you've got, your kung fu's, your karate's, and then you also have like the the spin-offs of those those things where like there's absolutely nothing wrong with kung fu. It's it's maybe practically not as um, viable as maybe muay thai, 
but there's there's a lot of benefit to something like keeping disciplined in something like an old Chinese martial art. Mm. And I'm sure I'm sure there are there are some parts of it that are quite effective in something like mixed martial arts. But then you've got these these crazy people who think that they can control the the chi or chakra or whatever they they can. Because I saw there was one thing that I saw. Well, there was two snippets of one of your videos, and I think it was a bit of a compilation video where one of them was a guy with a some sort of machete type knife, and he hits himself hit himself in the forearm, and I was thinking, oh, you've you've literally gone one hundred percent in here. And believed whatever your instructor said, or you're the instructor and you're mental, and you think that you can <laughs> you can control the fact that this blade. Oh. But by the way, I'm I'm a chef and I know how sharp knives are. Oh yeah. I've got I've got a cut. <laughs> and he just twats himself in the arm, and then you just see it, and you see the horror on his face. And the other oh, one was so. the, the guy <laughs> lying down, and the and the other guy Sorry. smacks him in the throat. Well, to add to the first one you were talking about, so that particular video is in Indonesia, and the art is called Salat. Now, over in the United States, and in all honesty, Salat to me, from what I've seen, wholeheartedly I believe this, over here in the United States is way more viable and real than in Indonesia where it comes from. And the reason is, is because that particular thing that he was practicing is something called Tanaga Dalam. Now, Tanaga Dalam is their version of chi, and they truly believe wholeheartedly that it does protect them from harm. And so, like you said, that guy went all in. It's not just his instructor, though. It's a deep-rooted belief in that culture, period. And, of course, it mixes really well with their art. You'll see things like them taking razor blades and running it across their face and their tongue and not getting cut because they're not real razor blades. You'll see them pour acid on themselves and others and not get burned because it's not real acid. Although I, there was another clip in that video that you're talking about, which is the trailer to our documentary we're working on. Yeah. And in that same trailer, you'll see a group of children, although it happens really fast, a group of children roughly around the ages of like 12 to 15 years old, all laying down on their stomachs. And oh, they, with the car. Yeah, and then the, the military-sized truck runs over them. Now, when that happens in the video, you see them getting run over, and you're like, oh, that's fucking crazy, right? Well, that's an old-school trick. If the, if the truck keeps rolling, then, you know, the it disperses the energy as long as the truck moves quick enough, and, you know, it spreads out that energy, kind of like laying on a bed of nails. But in this particular video, the ramp, was so much higher than the body that when the truck comes off, it lands on the first kid and then slowly runs over the others. Well, the first child dies. And then the second one, um, they take like about five minutes to revive. This first kid's dead because in their name, in the name of that martial art and spirituality, they truly believe that this Tanaga Dalam, this internal power, was going to save that kid's life. There are thousands of people watching that demonstration. In the name of martial arts, they killed the kid because they believe in stuff like that. Now, this is just one video I got sent. I get sent hundreds of videos over the last six years that I can't show showing these frauds getting people hurt or killed. I can't post them because, of course, the social media will get them taken down, which is this is why we're going after a documentary. Is because as much as we want to laugh at the frauds and we think it's funny, which it is, I'm not going to lie, there is another end of the edge of the sword where people are getting hurt and dying 
and the name of what these frauds are teaching. And it's very much a real problem. It's a real thing that people are really believing because these guys have understood how to manipulate people so well that they have thousands of followers. I mean, look at just look at the page. I've been posting every day, one time every day for the last six years, and I have not run out of content. You know, there's a reason for that. There's a reason I haven't run out of content. <coughs> And that's why Joe Rogan loves him so much. <laughs> it's appreciated. Have you heard for as well, didn't you? Was, um, oh, fucking hell. What's the surfer dude? Oh, Kelly Slate. That's it. He did, he did your video as well, didn't he? Kid, yeah, I was very fortunate. Yeah, and got the, he's got the Granite Zero podcast on, on there as well. <laughs> Yeah, he's a appreciated dude. It's it was really really cool of him to do that. He's been a follower of the page for a while now, and um, he actually reached out when we said we were going to start this documentary. And he was like, "Hey, I'd like to help. I'd like to be involved in some way." And this is kind of his way of helping, is guy kind of giving his nod. Um, he's a he's a jujitsu guy as well. You know, he's got great two quotes. Um, one of which saying that if you're going to get your child involved in something, he really highly suggested be jujitsu. Um, and I agree wholeheartedly. Um, you know, I love martial arts, not just jujitsu, but I think it's a very well-grounded in reality martial art to start. Um, and then if you'd like to branch off, you know, you're more than welcome to do so. But I do think, especially since it takes so long to get a damn black belt in jujitsu, it's a good place to start. It takes you forever to get a black belt in jujitsu. It fucking humbles you as well. Yeah, it's I know. Ass beat all the time. <laughs> I, you know? I got humbled the other week. Uh, I was rolling with a guy that was probably half my body weight, I'd probably say, and it was like wrestling a tiny chimp that had full strength. It was ridiculous. The only, the only reason why I managed to get get free once the whole time was because I accidentally kneed him in the dick. Hey, if it works, it works. A little problem. <laughs> you know? Should have been wearing a cup. He would have been fine. <laughs> um, there's, um, there's been a few instances um, and it, I think it has been brought to my attention by by Rogan where these sort of fake senseis or charlatans against you um, have actually gone for like a, an MMA fight haven't they and they have come out absolutely terrible there's, there's one and I think it was quite early on in in the, the Joe Rogan experience, I think he, I think it might have been when he had uh, Uriah Faber on originally, and they brought this guy up, and it was um, a guy I can't, I can't remember what uh, martial art it is, but it's a, it's a, and one of the older martial arts, and he was claiming that the guy would get nowhere near him, and he just came up again. It might have been a Thai boxer, stroke jiu-jitsu guy, and literally, and he's an old, old man. Mm-hmm. And he comes up against you. You've probably seen the video. Mm-hmm. Comes up against this. Um, this I'm pretty sure it's a tie fight, and he literally just beats the shit out of him in the first. Like, it's, it's, I don't think the video even lasts 30 seconds. He literally goes up thinking he can throw these. So he clearly believes what he's he's doing. Tries throwing these like. I, I, all I can say is like force pushes. Mm-hmm. Like he's a Jedi. Like he's a Jedi. <laughs> That's what it looks to me. That's what it looks like. Like he's throwing, like he thinks that this guy's gonna throw, like a, a switch kick to his head, and he's gonna be able to go. 
and stop time and space or something. And the guy just literally just le- he leathers him around the head about six times, and the guy's literally like an old dude, just basically unconscious on the floor. And it's like, how, how, like, how is this information not just out there? That's like, well, here you go. Here's you could go and do this. It'd probably be good for your your health. But don't believe that if you ever get into a an actual fight or if you sign up to a martial arts fight that you're going to get anywhere because it's not teaching you that that is teaching you i don't know discipline maybe and respect and honor and that's fine but that's not teaching you how so, to defend yourself or anything like that yeah that actually that guy i forget his how to pronounce his name but it's like x u uh shu shao dong or something like that i'm yeah. really bad you know that's like <laughs> his name but over in um in China, that dude's story is incredible. Like, we actually want that to be a part of our documentary story so bad because he has been kind of ostracized by the Chinese government because of the work that he does. So he has gone, I think he's had like seven matches now against these fraudulent Kung Fu masters, and he's won all of them because he wants to call those people out. And he's not doing it for a greater cause he said multiple times he's not doing this for the betterment of anything he's doing it just because he wants to fight these people and so i kind of i respect the fact that he's doing it for his own reasons he's not doing it because he wants to start this movement although whether he believes it or not he already has but he single-handedly has been fucking up the chinese government because one of their major import exports is kung fu think about it like how many people travel to china to learn kung fu yeah yeah how many kung fu movies we watch, right? All you know, all these Chinese movies that have come out, and so by him doing what he's doing, he's basically showing that yo, their deep-seated culture is a load of crap, and of course the Chinese government doesn't like that, so they actually have something called a social credit standing, which is like a credit score basically, but it's based off of how well you do socially, kind of like a weird Twilight Zone thing, and because of what he's done. His social standing is like a D or something like that. So, like, he can't get on nice parts of trains. I don't think he's allowed to leave the country. Like, the last fight that he had, they made him wear clown paint. Like, this is some that's serious government thing that's going on. Fucking Black Mirror. Yeah. That's exactly. Black that's a real thing. Yep, look it up. It's a real thing happening with that guy. For the Chinese government, surely his last. Can't get on the train. His last fight, he has to wear a clown face. Yep. That's that should put him up because if he fucks somebody up <laughs> dressed as a clown, in my head, that's. I, I know we're not in China, but well, in I my mean, head, they made him wear like paint. So like, you look at him during the fight. He was wearing like white and blue paint, like smeared across his face, like. It, to, uh, it's a lot different. Like over there, the way that their clowns are dressed up are different than ours. But for him, you know, he wasn't dressed like a clown. He was in an MMA. Clown. He just had to wear the face paint. Clowns. Let's not do clowns. Unless you're the show, <laughs> don't get a clown. <laughs> do something but else. It's fascinating. I really think that one day they're going to make a movie about that guy's life because of what he's doing right now is just the most fascinating shit I've ever seen in my life. Like, imagine... There's something called the Great Firewall of China, which is basically like China's way of governing what, what information comes in and out of China. Yeah, yeah. I've heard, I've heard like, you, you can't have Google. You can't, like, I, I, 
I've heard quite a bit on this. That there's, there's so much that you can't do if yeah. you go over to China. Like you can't. You everything's firewalled, isn't it? But yeah, but imagine how strong his story is that it was able to get outside of China. Like, isn't that to me alone is fascinating? Yeah, but yeah. Now over here in the United States, of course, like. You know, I'm not the only one who does what I do. There are plenty of people out there who don't like frauds in the martial arts, who fight against and stuff like that, who do pressure testing. I think we all just do it a different way. Mine is very much an information discussion type way, or his is like, well, I'll fucking fight you. <laughs> you know, yeah. like, put no, gloves on. But, and so, but, but also, there's there, there is some credit in that though, because I think, like, I I'm in um, the BJJ underground. Um, like Facebook page and yeah. I see people calling out other instructors and stuff and like, I don't pay that much attention to it because I, I mean I don't think I've rolled in the last like four years um, and I, I'm, I'm there I, I see it every now and again every now and again there's some cool information that comes up but I don't participate I'm not going to and from but obviously if you're in it day to day it's it's a good place like if you or if you've been to a because uh, there's plenty of people out there who claim to be a black belt who aren't a black belt. It's like, yeah. where'd you get that black belt from? And, it, and that is a great thing about jiu-jitsu is you can't buy that black belt. It, there's a lot of martial arts, isn't there, out there that the more money you've got, the further that you can go. And, you know, that's just unfortunate. But I like the fact that BJJ has always stayed true to you have to earn it. You can't just get your, your, your black belt. You can't even get your blue belt. You have to, you have to compete or you have to be training regularly. However, your instructor sees fit. But it shows on the mat. Yeah, it does. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And what I think it is 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 great about this guy is he's just gone. Okay, if your martial arts that good, let's have it. Let's see. Let's just go. And and I and I think that's rather than um, go about it any other way. It's like, well, come on then. If it's if it's that good, let's just have a scrap and let's see if your your forced choke works on me. Because uh, and <laughs> not everybody not everybody can do that. Though. But yeah. it's nice to see that there is a guy that's gone. Well, you know what? I live in this shit. I've I've yeah. been I've I've had my head kicked in or I've 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 given out a few um, KOs from my, the old right there, Fred. <laughs> let's, let, 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 let's see if this 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 magic works. So I have a different theory about it, you know, like I, I do, trust me, for the, the shit that this guy has to go through from the actual Chinese government, and he still continues to fight these guys, I have uh, nothing a lot but respect for the guy. I mean, I have nothing but respect, because he's, he's going through some shit to be able to do what he does. I mean, the legacy that he's leaving behind for his name will be remembered for a long, long, long time. But here's how I see it. So in the United States, we had this thing called the Truth Campaign, and the Truth Campaign is an anti-smoking campaign where they basically just started showing these commercials that showed that tobacco was going to kill you and that what the cigarette companies were doing, what they put inside cigarettes, how many people were dying, and they spread all these facts around so that way more people were informed to make their own decisions. And I truly believe that people have the right to make their own decisions however they want. Now, with that said... At no time did they ever go up to the president of a tobacco company and punch him 15 times in the face to prove anything. And I truly believe that if you look at most martial artists, we have a window of like 
20 years at the most of us being active, real competitors. And then after that, the shit's gone. So I would never walk up to somebody, let's say, Master Carlos Gracie Jr., right, and challenge him to a fight because he's a fucking old man. If I beat his ass, does that prove that what he's done in his martial arts career is illegitimate? Just because yeah, Anderson, you know, just because Anderson Silva lost to Chris Weidman, did that does that mean that he was not at one point in time the best in the world? You know what I'm saying? So to me, fighting only proves this much. Now, with that said, that doesn't mean that you can't pressure test certain bullshit. For instance, if I said, "Hey, dude, you can knock people out with your mind," right? All right, cool. I'm not gonna physically fight you. But what I want you to do is do that on me. I will stand here. Let me see you do it. Now, that's different because yeah. now it's, uh, the ball's in your court. There is no, I'm not fighting you. I'm not trying to hurt you in any way. I just want you to prove to me. Or like they say, okay, well, if I touch you here, touch you here, touch you there, it's going to knock you up. Okay, I won't fight you. Do it. You know, I don't need to beat someone's ass to spread the truth. And so that's kind of like the, I think, where me and him differ. Also, a big thing about where me and him differ is that he's not doing it for, like, any type of a movement or a cause. He's just doing it because he wants to do it. Where I truly do want to help people in this community. Like, I really do. It's the only reason I do the shit. Do you think maybe he was bullshitted at some point? And then I don't he know, did, <laughs> And do you think maybe he was, like, he, he got slighted by this in some way and now he's just like, yo, I'll oh, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, I'm not having any it, of this shit. Hey, think maybe it was a you. It was a bit <laughs> like a, a karate kid a karate kid situation. He'd been taught by Mr. Miyagi. He, he, he got into a fight. He went, what the fuck am I doing? <laughs> <laughs> and he gets he gets laid out and he goes, This is bollocks. We're gonna have to, <laughs> we're gonna have to go <laughs> video 
I wonder what the after effect on him must be because he's like, well, it mental fucking issues going on there now. He's like, what? It, it's like I mean, find out Father Christmas isn't real. Devastating. Yeah, I suppose it is. Devastating. Well, imagine. So, like, how I, from what I've seen anyway, and of course we're going to cover a lot of this in a documentary. But from what I've seen is it kind of starts off like they're legitimate martial artists. Like they, they start off this way, right? When they're younger, their 20s, their 30s, they're good at what they do, whatever it is, right? And then they start getting these people around them and their students to kind of hype up their name. Which if, if you've ever been a part of any martial arts studio, that's kind of a part of every studio I've ever been to, is the students put their instructor on this high pedestal. Like, oh my God, so-and-so is amazing. There's no way anybody could beat him. I can't believe he could do the things that he does. Some martial artists are able to ground themselves in reality and go, I'm just a man. I can lose. I can win. I practice and I can be good at what I do, but I never make a mistake of thinking that I'm greater than I am. I am who I am and this is it. I'm not this god or deity. While other people, I don't think they have the capacity to take things the same way. And so when they're surrounded by all these students praising their name and talking about all these great feats that they can do, I think that starts to fuck with you. And I think that eventually you just kind of fall down that path of believing that bullshit, even though it's not true. But you have so many people shoving it down your throat, it's hard to ignore. I think a prime example, and most people will probably agree, and I could be wrong, but this is just my opinion. I think a prime example is Steven Seagal. He's the prime example of a god. And we're just going to pause it there and we'll come back to you with part two before we lose it all. But to stop right now, I'm just going to quickly shout out Combat Fuel, promo code Warrior15 at checkout. Infusion CBD does what it says. Fucking sorts you right out. And Dead Mammoth Coffee. But stand by for part two with Muck Dojo Life. This is the Granite Zero Podcast. Out.